Tressa. I'm Taylor. And, and we, we are, are not, not amused. amused. Today we'll be talking about skiffle music. Yeah. And this is a listener suggested topic. So you're welcome, listener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> this was something I had never heard of. Oh, wait. Sorry. What? Before we start <laughs> talking about that, uh-huh. we need to talk about our tea. Oh, yes. Okay. You'd think we'd be better at this by right. now. There'd be like a structure. Yep. Uh-huh. Nope. <laughs> so today, Tressa and I are drinking the same tea. Whoa. It- <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it was given to me by my stepmother. Um, it's Jane Austen's Black Tea Blend, and it's um, black teas, spearmint, lavender flowers, and vanilla flavor. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, it's in a very, very cute little like tin can container thing. Lots of lavender color mm-hmm. on it. It's very springy. It so is. It's, it's a very appropriate tea. Yeah. So we'll see what it tastes like. Yep. Neither of us have ever had it, so we're no. going in blind. <laughs> My stepmom was not a fan, so that's, <laughs> so that's why I got passed <laughs> off to you. I just gave you tea. I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm the one who gets it. No, I like it because I don't ever buy my own tea except for ones I know I like, so it's a good way for me to try. really well. Yeah. yeah. Then you don't have to spend money on something you're unsure about. You just let exactly. everyone else do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, you didn't buy your tea <sighs> that you just gave me. Hmm? You didn't buy oh. it to you, just gave me. No, it was given to me as well. <laughs> so, oh, okay, okay. Well, skiffle music. Would you like to start, or would you like me to start? I don't know. We've... I know you said I should start, but I'm nervous. Taylor's done a lot more in-depth research than me. I don't think that's true. I just listened to I a long lecture. Think it is. Well, I didn't do that. I watched. Two videos, one of which basically recited the Wikipedia article, and then mm-hmm. another video, uh, which was an interview with mm-hmm, that musician's name, Billy Bragg. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. Who wrote a book that was largely about skiffle music. So, yeah. and it was like a six minute video. And uh, then I, I read that Wikipedia. one. Too. Um, yeah. So I don't feel like I did not put in the effort you put in. Let's just say that. Are we citing our sources? I was going to name mine from the top. Sure. Briefly? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just do that first. Um, I watched a PBS NewsHour video. It's the same one you watched. Mm-hmm. Interview with Billy Bragg about his book. And then um, I also watched, I mean, it was just a video on YouTube from like Autopedia, which is, it just reads basically the Wikipedia <laughs> article out loud for you. I don't know. Okay. Obviously, I use Wikipedia as well. Um, and then britannica.com yep and i have a couple other things in here that i might reference and if i do i'll cite those sources as well we'll just see where (laughs) this conversation goes (laughs) all right um i also use britannica.com i use billboard.com um i think the youtube video that we both watched was how old-timey skiffle music liberated british rock yes oh, i'm glad you had the title because yeah. i did it <laughs> um i read an article on independent.org which is i-n-d-y pendant not like independent. okay 
So I feel like I remember seeing that. Yeah. Upon my research, but mm-hmm. I didn't read it. So they referenced a lot from Billy Bragg's mm. book, Roots, Radicals, and Rockers. It How sounds Skiffle like changed the world. It sounds like his book is kind of the like pinnacle of research, mm-hmm. I guess, on Skiffle. Like he. It's where and how I found the most information. Same. So because the U- another YouTube video I watched was <laughs> uh, Billy Bragg, Roots, Radicals, and Rockers, and it was like an hour and twenty minute lecture from him. Jeez, talking See, about his book and then Q and A. This is what I'm saying. Much more effort. Than I me. was stressed about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I felt like I wasn't going to have anything to bring to the conversation. And watch, we're going to talk for an hour and not even realize an hour went by. So, great. Okay. Okay. But the first thing I have was that skiffle is a name that African Americans used to describe like an event in the 1920s. Oh, didn't know that. But I don't have more about that. It was like a quick thing that Billy Braggs talked about in his lecture. Mm-hmm. And I, he's not, he has an accent. Shocking. <laughs> Uh And I was just having a hard time (laughs) fully understanding everything he was saying when he was talking about it. Mm -hmm. From what I could gather, it was like when people were coming over to a house or something. Did it have to do with music like back then or was it just like a gathering? It was kind of just like a gathering. That's cute. If that's even right. See, my hesitation is I don't know if it's accurate because now when you Google skiffle, it only comes up with like music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of like had its... The term like had a revival, obviously, right. in mm-hmm. reference to music. So I feel like that's just how we know it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know either. I don't know if I'm going to keep that. We, we'll just cut that out. I look. We don't have to cut that <laughs> out. I mean, it's a valid point. Like the whole, what mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting when I was even researching this was I was like, oh, so the whole reason that... The British invasion, you can basically, you can thank, shocking, you can thank African Americans for it. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. Because, which, I, like, which I mean, it's, it's true. Like, there's the mm-hmm. whole thing about how basically, like, white people stole rock and roll from black people, which is definitely accurate. Yeah. And now we know even the British did it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you would, you'd like to think it's, like, more of an influence mm-hmm. thing type deal, but... yeah. Of course, we all know, like, give credit where credit's due. Like, the reason Skiffle made a comeback is because of African-American music. And then the reason that, like, the British invasion happened and the Beatles happened is because of Skiffle. So, like, it all can be traced back. Mm-hmm. So. And yeah. I was just like, huh. So this is <laughs> almost an American topic, too, that we're discussing. Yeah, because it started in America, and I—I I mean, yeah. I, I have very little on that because I just didn't really want to talk about that, like the time it's been in America. So really, all I have is like skiffle is a style of music played on rudimentary instruments, and it was popular in the U.S. in the 1920s. Yeah, and it was the whole idea, I guess, was like they were homemade instruments, so yeah. it was you could just like pick up what was like a cigar box guitar mm-hmm. and like make a little guitar out of your cigar box and play mm-hmm. and it was like it's kind of the same idea as like bluegrass and folk yeah. and stuff so like anyone it was accessible to anyone I feel like with jazz and stuff it's kind of like a higher and like classical mm-hmm. a lot of the time it's like a higher art kind of thing you can only do it if you have an 
education and blah blah blah, right. blah and training that was not the deal with this kind of music this no. was like you just sat on people's porches and played the day away mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so i i mean i have in here that it's like a blend of jug band acoustic folk mm-hmm. blues and country and western styles like everything yeah <laughs> which is fun <laughs> i'm sure those are really fun shows to go to oh yeah i do think it's funny that like it the term skiffle like died down after the early 20th century and then it was like revived in britain in the 1950s which i'm sure we'll talk about but mm-hmm. it makes me wonder if it just like died down in the quote-unquote mainstream because like white people didn't embrace the music or you know if it was always kind of a thing in black culture we just like didn't know about it like here in america yeah oh yeah yeah specifically in this country because we yeah (laughs) i have that the first use of the term like on record Mm. written record was in 1925 oh wow and it was just i think a flyer promoting a show and it was a band called jimmy o'brien and his chicago skifflers i feel like i saw them but like when i was doing research but i didn't look into it more i thought that was cute i was like american (laughs) yes exactly but that's like the term was the musicians were called skifflers Mm -hmm. which is kind of cute yeah um i found i found um lead belly and woody guthrie who oh. were two American musicians were kind of like in the forefront of the music movement. Well, I've definitely heard of Woody Guthrie. You didn't hear of Lead Belly? But I know I, I looked up Lead Belly too. I had him like in my research as influencing skiffle musicians, but not yeah. Woody. I didn't know about Woody Guthrie. I just thought he was like straight up country and I guess folk too. Oh, that's what I found. Cool. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. So. But uh, as far as it in America, that's really it. Yeah. That's all I have. I think it pretty much died down, like, in the mainstream, obviously, as we've said. It died down, and then in the 1950s, from what I found, it kind of started to get popular again thanks to Lonnie Donegan. In America? In Britain. In Britain, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I knew in Britain. I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's like... He's called the King of Skiffle. Yeah, I, have, but I, I know. This is this is where my frustration came in when I was researching mm. this because I was like, okay, well, there's the history of it. It started in America, 1920s, and then Lonnie Donegan brought it over to Britain in the 1950s. And now what? Because like everything <laughs> else, I would find was like how all these big bands that we'll kind of mention later on were influenced. Yeah. but I couldn't. There's like no other one artist or one group that I could find that was so revolutionary with it. Yeah. He, it was like ev- he inspired everyone. And so it's like, mm-hmm. well, but who else do I research? He was also inspired by a lot of African-American musicians to even make the music in the first place. Like Lead right. Belly. That was the biggest yeah. one I found was mm-hmm. it was what was his real name? I wrote it down in here somewhere. I don't know. Because, again, he was American. So I just was like, meh. Meh. Um, Huddy Ledbetter. So do you have background on Lonnie yeah, Donegan? Some. Okay. Yeah. So basically, um, he was in a group called Ken Collier's Jazz Man, Jazz Men, and he was the banjo player. Mm-hmm. And they played 
kind of old-timey jazz. Um, and he would perform skiffle music during their breaks. Like, they'd perform shows. They'd go take a break. He'd play some skiffle. <laughs> he'd sing and play guitar um, with the accompaniment of two other members of the band, usually one playing washboard and usually mm-hmm. one played T-chest bass. What is that, Tressa? Okay. <laughs> I did look it up. <laughs> funny. No, it was just funny because I was like, T-chest bass? That's... I wonder what that is, you know? And then I looked it up and it's the same thing. It's the same concept as a washtub bass that we... that are really popular in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, <laughs> of course it's a tea chest, though, in, in Britain. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because tea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, would you like to explain what it is to, oh. to, the, to the audience, <laughs> the people that may not know? I mean, what I have is it's just like a broom handle with a string attached to a wooden case mm-hmm. that was used for exporting tea. Yep. That's what I have. <laughs> and... and so. So, like, a wash tub was obviously, like, a little tub that you either wash clothes, maybe children in. I don't know, small children. But it was, like, a metal, <laughs> just a metal tub, and you turned it over. Yeah. And attached the broom and attached the little string to it, and you had a little base. My dad has one, actually. Oh, really? hmm That's cool. I mean, you can just make it. Oh, did he just make his? I don't think he did, but no. <laughs> you can. That's the point. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, but okay. So anyway, um, Lonnie played that music, and um, they got they got the breaks, the interval breaks. You mm-hmm. know where they would play skiffle were just as popular as like the shows itself, like the main part of the show. So they started putting them on the flyer as skiffle breaks. Okay. Um, and the eventually the band broke up, and then that's when Lonnie went on to create his own group. And he had that hit in the 1950s, 1956, Rock Island Line. Just popularized Skiffle, basically right then and there. Yeah. I think it said, I saw that the song was in the top 20 for eight months straight, and it was the very first debut record to go gold. In Britain. Yeah. Which is like a big deal. In Rock Island Line, you might have this, but it's like a, it's his take on a a Lead Belly song. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That's Lead cool. Belly wrote it. And what I found was it of was more like. Of course he did. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a hopped up version of Lead oh. Belly's song. I'd be interested to hear the difference between the two. Yeah. And like what, what Lonnie's take was on it. Mm-hmm. I don't have much else about Lonnie, but yeah. um, I thought something that was really funny about him and his mm, skiffle music career was one of his songs was called Does Your Gum Lose Its Flavor? <laughs> I listened to that one. <laughs> Skiffle music in that lecture I listened to Billy Braggs mentioned this that it's or no maybe it wasn't him maybe it was I don't know I'm mixing all my resources up maybe it was an article I read <laughs> but it they kind of said that skiffle music sort of holds up like even if you go back to listen to it nowadays yeah it's still like fun and yeah new feeling yeah mm-hmm. 
So I agree that maybe that's why I was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. I would go out and dance to this now. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I mean, Lonnie Donegan was obviously like the king of Skiffle, but yeah. he's just one guy. Right. I think the whole point of Skiffle was that like anyone could play it, mm-hmm. you know, and that was the cool thing about it. And it was also this way for like young kids Mm-hmm. to just to be different from their parents like mm-hmm. it was after the war yep. and so of course they wanted like to show i don't know, differentiate themselves mm-hmm. and so popular music was like going away from swing and big band and to more like things that everyday people could do just like in their house yeah um what i kind of found on this was like you said it's it was after the war <clears throat> I'm getting so emotional. (laughs) (laughs) The war. The war. Um, It was, yeah, it was pre-World War. No, it was Mm post-World War II. Mm -hmm. So, like, rations have ended at this point, and teenagers are starting to, like, get jobs and make Mm -hmm. money, and, you know, they don't really have expenses because they're teenagers, you know? Yeah. So they're trying to, you know, find something to fill their free time, and ideally that's something like sets them apart from their parents generation yeah and so when they hear the skiffle music and the whole point behind is like you said it's very accessible to everyone you just need to like go get a guitar and Mm -hmm. have a couple friends or make one apparently yeah Yeah. and then you can uh have your own little skiffle group so so cute yeah (laughs) every Uh, little family was a little skiffle group (laughs) (laughs) so yeah the whole idea was like you could just make your instruments at home Mm -hmm. if you wanted (laughs) and if you couldn't afford a guitar it didn't matter because you made one out of a cigar box or whatever you had on hand um so there's this article that i was reading from (laughs) ehow.co.uk it's called skiffle band instruments and i just thought it was cool because it did this overview of some of the ones that you could use that were just everyday household items. Um, when talking about skiffle music, it says, uh, this is a quote, it says, it was tangible, whimsical, and lighthearted music because anybody could learn to play and participate without formal training. So they could use something like a washboard, mm-hmm. which I think we all know what that is. But the idea is that you, you know, just strum it with your hand right. and you're playing an instrument. Mm-hmm. So that was easy. Um, there was also the five-string banjo, which was played primarily as a rhythm instrument, and you could also finger pick. Um, let's see. That one obviously was a little harder to learn, but at, at its basic, a banjo is just a, it's a drum head mm-hmm. with the neck attached to it, and its roots obviously come from Africa being like a drum head-based instrument, so... Um, you could you could probably construct that yourself if right. you really wanted to. And then um, this one is kind of fun. This is an auto harp, which I don't really even know if I've seen anything like that. Mm-mm. So the article says it has a bright tone color and is used to play chords. The instrument is quite simple to play as the right hand presses buttons and the left hand strokes the strings. So oh. if you just like press a button and it's the chord you want and then you just like 
that's do a downstroke cool. and like boom you have a chord <laughs> I mean oh, wow, that's easy that sounds nice <laughs> I know um so that would be just an easy like background instrument and mm-hmm. then of course it mentions the tea chest bass which we've talked about one thing that I found interesting is um the teens of this time in Britain which was like the 1950s mm-hmm. um music at that time wasn't really being made for them Mm. uh and like pop music or yeah so i don't know what the type of music was so if you have the time i really suggest and you're interested in this i really suggest that lecture i listened to on youtube okay um because he he plays lonnie um donegan's version of rock island line and then when he's talking about like the music that was kind of popular during that time, he plays a, a, an example of it, not a whole song, but he plays mm-hmm. part of it. And is it very different? <laughs> yeah, I would say the closest I could think of was maybe like classical opera-ish is what, what? it sounded like. <laughs> really? Yeah, to what like the BBC was broadcasting at that time. I'm so surprised by that. Yeah, and the BBC was sort of the only broadcast available yeah in like 1955 okay so teens were like i don't, I don't want to listen to this and so they heard lonnie donnegan and then that um movie blackboard jungle i've never heard of that uh i feel like i've seen it but i don't remember um but it came out and the like opening credit song is rock around the clock nice so teens saw that they've heard that Rock and, and roll. they're like this like i want to listen to this music yeah. but the bbc wouldn't play it and so i feel like that inspired them to be like okay well we'll just make our own music then mm-hmm. let's do it ourselves and so i just found that yeah really interesting it was very much like pushed by the teens uh-huh. <laughs> well because when i think of like world war ii like, the music that comes to my mind is, like, big band, jazz, swing, kind of USO entertainment. I kind of figured when you said, like, that's not the music that was being made, I thought it was just going to be, like, big band. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was. That just the example yeah, he gave in his lecture was that. It's like, but... kind of opera classical, which yeah. I just find interesting. But obviously, like, skiffle rock and roll whatever was different from both you know it's like a step away from both Mm -hmm. all of it anything their parents like they were like no Mm -hmm. we want to do our own thing yeah skiffle kids were using american music to pave the way for the future in music and uh their parents who had experienced the war Mm -hmm. just sort of had lower expectations and skiffle music gave teens like a new hope for what life could be yeah yeah, it was like, oh, look, life can be fun. doesn't have to be all about war. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, I mean, I can only imagine with, like, you finally feel like you're getting your life back, too, with, like, rations ending. Uh-huh. Finally. You're like, oh, my God, I can just eat what I want now, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, yeah. There's a whole idea of, like, liberation happening at mm-hmm. this time with lots of facets of life. So, yeah. Very definitely. Fun. Um. So you mentioned the BBC, and BBC. one of the things that I found in my research was a show called 65 Special. Oh, I didn't which see that. It was a BBC program. I should have done more research on it, because I don't know when I don't know when it premiered. 
but um it was one of those like variety shows so lots of different acts appeared on it and um like it, it was just a variety show kind of like an, the ed sullivan yeah, show the same idea right um but it was a bbc program and it used a skiffle song as the theme song. The six five special steaming down the line. Six five special right on time. Cold in the boiler, burning up bright. Rolling and a rocking through the night. And my heart to be dead, cause I'll be meeting the six five special at the station tonight. That's cool. And I guess it featured a good chunk of like skiffle musicians as well. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't, I don't, I need to look it up. I don't know when that <laughs> show like premiered, but yeah. maybe the BBC was like catching on like, oh, this is maybe. what the teens want. So they made a program for it, you know? Okay. So lots of young skillful groups, as we've alluded to, later turned to big like rock and roll bands. Mm-hmm. And so my list is the Beatles. The Who. <laughs> the guitarist Jimmy Page in Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. was a big... It's not... I Okay, well, let me finish my list and then I'll go back to that because I have something that I found <laughs> kind of interesting. Okay. Um, the Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. Pink Floyd, and the Animals were the ones that I had listed. Nice. Um, I also found that Van Morrison was an early skiffle. I don't know if he played skiffle. I shouldn't say mm-hmm. that, but he was highly influenced by it. Yeah. So the thing with like Jimmy Page, and again, this is from the lecture I listened to. Um, Billy Bragg was saying that if you like asked him who who like influenced you to play the guitar, mm-hmm. a lot of people say Elvis Presley, Chuck Berry. Uh huh. They're not gonna be like Lonnie Donegan. Yeah. <laughs> Skiffle music is what yeah, right. inspired me, which I think is interesting. But there is a clip that I saw of Jimmy Page when he was like a teenager. 14. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw it too. Mm-hmm. And he was on there and the guy asked him if he wanted to be like a skiffle artist. And he said, he said something like, no, I want to like cure cancer or something like, like not even like, <laughs> no, I want to become a famous guitarist yeah. later on, but not in skiffle. He was like, no, I want to do this totally other career. But then he became like this huge jimmy page yeah <laughs> so like jimmy page yeah so they the... called him like james page too yeah in the yeah in the video and i was like james page it sounds like such a such a formal name mm-hmm. you know and then well, it's like ah jimmy page. jimmy page this quote and this is a quote i thought was interesting mm-hmm. um when rock becomes serious, Skiffle becomes the embarrassing photo in the school yearbook and gets put in the attic. Oh, no. <laughs> because it's just like when Man. people talk about it later on or like what their influences were. I mean, even with the Beatles specifically, yeah. whenever they were asked, I always remember it was like Elvis Presley and whatever. But I found this quote from George Harrison that he said... If there was no Lead Belly, there would have been no Lonnie mm-hmm. Donegan, no Lonnie Donegan, no <clears throat> Beatles. However, a lot of times nowadays, if that quote is seen, it's cut down to no Lead Belly, no Beatles. So they just like totally uh, skip out yeah. on that. And they say that like Skiffle was kind of, it was such a blip too. I yeah. mean, like the craze lasted like not even 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, but like it was a stepping stone to get yeah. to like 
rock and roll, but I mean, that quote even cut like that isn't inaccurate. No, it's you know, not, it's, but it just kind of... But it, it does skip over like an important like stepping stone. I feel like Lonnie Donegan is huge in it. He like yeah, I mean, inspired so many. I mean, John Lennon and yeah. Pete Townshend from The Who like were inspired to learn how to play the guitar. Mm-hmm. Roger Daltrey, I also mm-hmm. have from The Who. Yeah. Like he started with that music too right so and look at what they gave us you know in the mm-hmm. 60s 70s 80s like right thank goodness <laughs> yeah it's just it's crazy and like it inspired the the specific single of rock island line wait is that right yeah rock mm-hmm. island line yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it you know inspired john lennon and george harrison mm-hmm. to start the Quarrymen, which is considered a skiffle. Yeah. Group. I mean, they were literally skiffle and then they mm-hmm. weren't successful. <laughs> right. Right. I did. Let's try something different. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try to be the Beatles and see what happens. There was um, this thing that I found that said two weeks within Donegan Plain in Liverpool, John had formed the Quarrymen. And so it was just like, oh, wow. He was like, so fast. Oh, I know what I want to do mm-hmm. with my life is make music. Yep. Here it is. <sighs> I read that it took a lot longer for this music to become pop, you know, popular again in the United States. It took American teens longer to catch on to Skiffle, which I just think is so ironic since it started in the United States. Mm-hmm. It, it took... It just kind of pisses me off. It, it took... <laughs> white people british white people embracing that music for it to become popular for american teens where the music already like originated from Mm -hmm. it's like it had to hop over the atlantic once and then it had to come all the way back i just find that so crazy to me it's like it it was always here (laughs) and yet for some reason it took us longer to embrace our own music i just feel like it says a lot about our culture yeah, and the times then and everything, <laughs> yeah. you know. I'm not that that's like an excuse, obviously, but yeah, that is our history. So I know, and it, it just know. it just really goes to show how truly divided we were mm-hmm. and continue to be. And it's just because this bad. music had been in there in, in America since the 20s, I know. and it was like not until. I mean, I don't know exactly when it became popular again. Back was it when the Beatles came over here? I think it was before that because it, it was that? actually skiffle music. Okay. Um. Was I have a, a a note on here about Jesus? I'm sorry if you can hear my cat. He's got the zoomies. We're actually not in the cat. We're room. not in the cat. We're giving room. them the whole run of Tress's house today. <laughs> Huge mistake. Um. So January 1964 through December 1965, um, there was a British group at number one in the American charts. Ah. For 52 out of 104 weeks. So, like, essentially the equivalent. Oh, my God. Miso. I think Peanut's chasing him. So, essentially, like, <laughs> the equivalent of one entire year. Yeah. Um, I guess that was the 60s, though. Right. <laughs> I don't know. What was the British band that was? Cut that out. <laughs> Probably the Beatles. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, so, maybe it wasn't Skiffle. But anyway. My point being... Well, at that time, they were still kind of skiffle-ish. They were. So. If you think about it, it's like... What, like... Am 
mean, if my dad listens, he's going to be like, oh, my God, you don't know the instruments. But, what, like, <laughs> two guitars and a bass and a drummer? Mm-hmm. Was it? Yeah, like, I mean, it was, was their- it was like, a, ba- a very basic setup. Yeah. So different from their, like, later experimental stuff. Anyway, we're going to do an episode on the Beatles. We should try. Right. But which, like, <laughs> if you kind of look at it, so you have the guitar. And then you have a, a bass. No, it's a, a bass. fancier bass. An electric bass. But it's, but it's the- a bass. And then you have drums, which I feel like you could have used, like, the washboard to kind of do, like, a beat on. Yeah. So it's I just, mean, like, a fancier version. You could but- probably strip down a lot of that early Beatles music to those, like, homemade instruments and, uh-huh. and get the same. Like, you could play it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, not the, yeah the yeah. early stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, anyway. Um... I have something in here that this is according to Bragg, so I don't know how, like, he didn't cite his source for this information. <laughs> I'm sure all his sources are in his book. I'm sure they are. <laughs> this is just his lecture. But apparently peak skiffle mm. was, it happened. He gave an exact date. Oh, my. Like a, okay. 6th of July, oh. 1957. <laughs> of course it was summer. Don't Which, you feel like it's summery music? You know, yeah. it's like, summertime's fun. But I think he said that because that was the day that Paul McCartney joined the Quarrymen. So he's like, so at that point they had three of their four members. Right. It was John Lennon and then George Harrison and Paul McCartney. Yeah, there was someone else. Oh, yeah, but like, but I don't remember who. <laughs> oh, poor guy. He didn't make it. What a mistake. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, I have that the craze was largely over by 1958. Are and... we going to ending already? I still have more. No, I, I was okay. just saying that, like, it didn't. It didn't last long. Like, what? Okay, the, the year that Rock Island Line came out was 1956. Yeah, but he recorded it in 54. So, oh, okay. But it took two years. It just didn't to get out. I wonder what that's like as a musician. You've probably like largely forgotten about that record right. that you made that one time, yeah. and then you like two years later you start to hear it like on the radio every time you turn the radio mm-hmm. on, and you're like, "What? Interesting." That was like <laughs> forgotten about years that ago. song. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, but then two years later it was like, okay, we moved on. Yeah, to other things, probably just like straight up rock and roll at this point. Oh, probably. Yeah. Um, something that I thought was funny was again. This is from the lecture. Maybe I just Must shouldn't have, been a have good lecture. It was. It was very interesting. Yeah, he talked about how, in in his view, young women helped like skiffle music kind of take off. Which I was like, oh, that's interesting. But then when he explained it, I was like, well, that sort of makes sense if this is true. Because uh-huh. this, was, so this is what I wrote. I said, the teen girls of this era wanted a social place of their own, but they didn't want to go to the tea rooms. And yeah. they couldn't like socially go into pubs by themselves at this point. And so they colonized the cappuccino bars that started opening up in the mid 50s. And he was like, and so teen boys, you know, if you have the option to like, Go to a coffee shop with a bunch of girls or, like, go play football with your friends. What do you think you're going to do? Yeah. Like, you're going to take your guitar to the coffee shop yep. and play for all these girls. And I was just like, that's kind of funny. And you see it later it, on. It's teen girls who just, like... In the audience, they're like, ah! <gasps> yeah. They... I, don't, I kind of feel like teen girls can make or break something. Yeah. 
not maybe not everything, but I feel like there's definitely some things that like if it weren't for teen girls, it'd be like, meh. That's nothing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like the, just the idea of like a fandom like started with teen girls, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do we call it when you meet someone you're a fan of? Fangirling. Fangirling. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I don't think I could ever actually do that. <clears throat> if I met someone. Oh, I'd just be like in shock, I think. I'd be like silent. You wouldn't just pass out. Scream and pass out, Tressa? Mm, no. Could you imagine? I can't. The whole it idea happened, of, like, though. women just, like, fainting because they're overwhelmed. I'm like, does that happen? Has, did people experience that? I fainted out of pain. That's it, though. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, it happened. I've seen, like, concerts of the Beatles Apparently. Playing, yeah. But so was silly. that from them, the excitement? Or was it, like, the conditions they were in? It was really hot and really hot and yeah. crowded. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, that's cool, though, because I feel like women should get credit here somewhere because, <laughs> well, I mean, the yeah. whole thing, like we're talking about a um, very male mm-hmm. heavy genre, obviously. Yeah. And like the idea was that teenage boys could go out and buy a guitar and like mm-hmm. play with their friends and their brothers or whatever and it's like nowhere in my research did I find anything about women Mm -mm. so I'm glad you had a little tidbit in there because (laughs) I remember a moment when I was looking all this up and I was like did girls play at all did they get to have fun and apparently they were having fun as spectators which is great yeah I do feel like I remember him mentioning one female artist kind of in this the period of skiffle but Mm -hmm. I I don't I don't remember what her name was, and also when he referred to her, he, he kind of made it seem like she wasn't, like, in the skiffle. Like, truly skiffle. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, I feel like, in general, it's just, it's been hard for women to, like, break into rock and roll. Yeah. It doesn't matter what, what decade we're talking about. It's yeah. just always been hard. My next thing kind of goes back to the instruments, but it's just specifically the guitar, because that seemed to be, like, the instrument. Yeah for this Uh uh-huh i remember reading that like basically the skiffle movement made british pop guitar-led music and Mm. before that guitar wasn't really a major instrument in pop music no i have a stat here that says so this became music entirely by and for like the teen generation Mm -hmm. in britain and that sent just Guitar sales. <laughs> <laughs> that sent guitar sales uh-huh. skyrocketing yeah. after Donegan's performance. And the stat I have is it went from five thousand to two hundred fifty thousand a year. And I was like, Yeah, but geez. guitar companies were like, Hell yeah, yeah, give right? us your money. <laughs> it just seems crazy. And uh-huh. it was because it was like basically at that time three chords that you needed to learn, and oh, then yeah. you could do it. And you were like, All right. Easy peasy. Yep. Anybody can do it. <laughs> Not me. You'd be surprised. But that was the <laughs> whole thing of Skiffle. It was like, you yeah. can do that. You don't need to be trained to be a musician. Nope. It was just was fun. Really cool. Mm-hmm. For everybody. Yep. It's because it came from, like, music... Um, African-American music that was like for the community. It wasn't for this like perfect performance moment. 
Right. It was for a community gathering. Like, mm-hmm. you probably played this music while you were, like, eating food. You yeah. know? <laughs> and just, like, hanging out. Yes. And community Having gathering. a skiffle. There you go. <laughs> oh, way to bring it back around. <laughs> I did it. <sighs> it started to become pretty popular to put on, like, pub windows or whatever. Like, tonight, skiffle. You know, mm-hmm. and people would see that and they wouldn't go in thinking like, oh, my God, it's going to be Lonnie Don again playing or whatever. They just went in thinking, OK, this is going to be music that's led by a guitar. Yeah, that's going to be the main focus, which I just yeah. thought was really interesting that there was a time. I mean, obviously there was, but just the music I listened to growing up and even now and stuff, it doesn't seem like a that guitar. was unusual yeah yeah and so it's weird Agreed. to be like oh wow they'd be like oh a guitar is gonna be like the main thing let's oh, well, go oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah now it's like you can walk into any coffee shop and somebody's just sitting there with a guitar playing right that's just like the thing that's yeah very normal <laughs> yeah so yeah found that interesting so my last point <laughs> and it's not even like a big thing and it's it's probably not even that shocking because i just feel like it's kind of the way music goes yeah but it, skiffle music had a backlash from music purists oh. and parents. Oh. Wow. Oh, wow. Shocking. Right. Parents didn't like the things their kids were listening to. <laughs> that never happens now. No. Um, and because of this, it's compared to like the punk music mm. scene a lot. And I do get that. But like you said, I just feel like that's a very common it's Every thing. generation. It happens mm-hmm. every single time. It's like Elvis for my Nana. <laughs> the Beatles for my dad. Not that I don't think my nan and pop, when my dad was listening to the Beatles, were like, "What are you listening to? Turn that crazy rocking." I think, yeah, I think with him, it was more like, "Why are you so interested in this group?" Because they were very big in the '60s, and my dad was born in 1960. So, like, by the time he was a teenager, <sighs> Dad, I don't know when the Beatles broke up for real. <laughs> I feel like by the time he was a teenager, they were basically done. Yeah. So it's just, like, interesting that they lasted, you know. I mean, it's not, obviously, but I don't feel like I'm getting my point across clearly. Well, but the influence of their music is still today. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like someone who was born in 1960 is listening to a band that was really big in the 60s. So he was only, like four i mean and when they were i feel big. like the age when you're like seeking out your own music mm-hmm. is like 12 through teenage years so yeah i mean it was like 1972 probably at the <laughs> earliest that he was like yeah oh, listen to my own thing right yeah and you're like in the 70s the early 70s already mm-hmm. man that would be the greatest time to be a teenager i always <laughs> i've thought about this so many times i would <sighs> Being born in 60, that's pretty good. Yeah. Because I just think about, oh, man, to be 17 when the first Boston album came out, I'd I'd be living. (laughs) And you go out and it's all disco music. I'd be living. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Going out-wise, we were born in the wrong era. Oh, truly. I mean, the fact that we like going to Funky Town. And Sandbar. So much. Yeah. And all they do is play old music. Mm -hmm. My favorite, our favorite places are the places that play like retro music. Mm -hmm. Well, did you know that Skiffle Music made a teeny tiny little comeback in 1970? No. Little baby comeback. Okay. So, um, (laughs) little bitty baby. Little bitty baby. So, summer 1970. Mm -hmm. 
there was a song that is categorized as skiffle-like. Okay. Um, called In the Summertime by a British band called Mungo Jerry. In the summertime when the weather is high, you can stretch right up and touch the sky. When the weather's fine, you got women, you got women on your mind. Have a drink, have a drive, go out and see what you can find. And it topped the charts for that summer. That's pretty much it, though. Oh. It was just that song, just the one song, and just that summer. And it just like it was like, oh, I'm back, and then and it, I'm not, and it died out again. <laughs> but I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, and that segues into my next point, which this is very much just for me. <laughs> I found connections to musical theater with Skiffle, and I was really excited because mm. that's my thing. First of all, the band Mungo Jerry is named after T. S. Eliot's book of what is it called? Practical Cats. I don't know. Um, I don't know. There's a car- There's a cat called Mungo Jerry Uh-oh. in the book. And then, of course, Cats the Musical was yeah. made <laughs> off of that book as well. Anyway, oh. that's a very loose connection. Um, but the other thing that struck me was when I was reading the Wikipedia article, they, of course, listed a bunch of um, artists that were influenced by Skiffle, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them was a rock and roll artist named Tommy Steele. And I was like, man, that name sounds really familiar. Mm-hmm. I think some- someone – I've seen a guy in a movie in a musical – with that name but i was like no way is that the same guy because this the musical if you've ever seen it it's from the 60s it's called finian's rainbow um it's a strange movie i'm just gonna say that much i love it but it's a strange one (laughs) but he's in it he plays a leprechaun and sings like musical theater style songs Mm -hmm. and so i thought for sure it's not the same guy it is it's the same guy and I no. was just shocked to learn that, like, he wasn't a skiffle musician, but he was a rock and roll musician influenced by skiffle. And he was also in some musicals in the 60s. And I was like, okay. Never would have thought that no. was a thing, right? I'm going to have to show you clips of his songs because they're really strange. Okay. So get ready for that. Whatever we talk yeah. about. That. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, those little connections made me happy. You love those musical connections. I do. I do. Musical. Yeah, when are we going to cover a musical, Taylor? You can pick it. I'm ready. Let's watch Les Mis right now. No, no, no. It's too long. <laughs> it is really long. <laughs> we'll have to have a... I do have to leave before the night is over. Yeah, that's true. Although it, we are recording it's so one early o'clock today. in the afternoon, everyone. We're doing so well. Bum, 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 it's bum, not bum. past 10 p.m. For no. once. Um, okay, anyway. Also, tomorrow, just to like let you guys know that we record these way ahead of time, tomorrow is Easter for <laughs> us in the real time right now, not when you're listening to wow, this. it's going to be like a month from Easter by the time this... Okay, yeah. It's going to be a week, a couple weeks. Anyway. No, because it's not next week's month? episode. It's the two weeks after that. Okay, so yeah. Pretty much a month. Um, <laughs> So that means that Lent is over tomorrow. I know you guys have probably all enjoyed these totally sober Taylor podcasts but i just can't promise that that's going to continue on in the future junk taylor is going to make a comeback <laughs> get excited <laughs> at least like tipsy taylor mm-hmm. but i just wanted to share that because i is mean that a, is that a warning or i can't figure out if you're like sorry or excited i'm excited <laughs> everyone else might be sorry <laughs> okay i just wanted to clarify 
where we're at. I just want to let everyone know that these past few episodes have been 100% sober. Yay. Good job. I mean, if you want. Yeah. No, I mean, it's been, it's been fine. I, I'm <laughs> fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everybody is fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, oh, I have shit. been fine, but there have definitely been times that I'm like, uh, like, so this is totally off topic, but whatever. We, we can, can talk about, out or we can want. cut it out. I was going to say, we can talk about whatever we want, but yeah. we can cut it out too. For Lent, I told myself that I was originally only going to drink once a week. Things changed, so I decided to change it because I'm not Catholic, so I don't really feel like I need to follow it exactly to where I could only drink seven days over the course of Lent. And my last day was St. Patrick's Day. And that was, it, it was fine. I didn't have like, I wasn't like, oh my God, I need to drink. It wasn't like a were... normal St. Patrick's Day indulgence. <laughs> right. But just like after that, like the like few weeks after that between then and Lent, I didn't ever feel like I was like, I need to drink. But there were like a couple occasions, like when we went out to dinner, mm-hmm. I would have liked to get like a glass of wine. Yeah. And then at my dad's retirement party, I would have liked to have champagne, but I was really Aww. trying to stick to it. So I'm going to be excited to be able to like socially drink again yeah yeah i can understand that that's that's mostly the only time i drank like i had book club here Mm. like last week and so when people came over we like all had a drink yeah and that's that's it yep usually i'm not drinking for any other reason so nope anyway (laughs) anyway so skiffle music so skimple music uh we're pretty much done with that so t- t- <laughs> uh yeah i just have this one quote that i thought was fun i forgot about that sorry it's okay uh skiffle is the nursery for the british invasion of the american charts okay just think about that i mean that does make sense based on what we've talked about mm-hmm. i was like oh that's the really good quote to wrap everything up mm-hmm. the end so that's skiffle music hope you'll enjoy Hope so you learned something new. Americans can thank themselves for the British invasion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're it's yeah, that's not totally wrong. Uh, so. I just think it's ironic. I I would have never known like all the detail of that unless you know, just we another... hadn't have covered this. <laughs> yep. Another yep. reason America sucks. Proud to be an American. Except, hmm. well, okay, all right, we shouldn't get into that. No, tea. I have mixed feelings about my country, and most people probably do. Why do you think we are talking about UK? <laughs> we're talking about a different country, different places altogether, with its own problems. So oh yeah, hundred percent. There's everybody's. Everybody's got problems. Yep. Okay. All right. So this tea, this uh, my mouth is so dry. Jane Austen's black tea. My first reaction is I cannot. I have no saliva left. Really? Did you finish yours? No. I knew the answer. You know I never do. Even if I like the tea. I haven't finished mine, which I mean I wasn't a huge fan of it, but the reason I didn't finish it is shockingly it got cold, so I Mm. couldn't drink it anymore. You've got to get something to help you with that. (laughs) No. I know I need a tea warmer or something. Yes, you do. Because I really like to enjoy tea. I don't want to chug it down, but mm-hmm. I need it to be warm. And what, since I'm here, I could just pop it in the microwave. But when I'm home, I can't do that. I don't have a microwave at home. Don't know how you live without a microwave. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Yeah, so um, I didn't like it very much. 
Really? Yeah. What part? The spearmint? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like, for me, it is also kind of bitter. I don't. Well, we probably see- steeped it too long. I said three minutes, and then when I said it's been three minutes, you're like, really? That yeah, seems it like was such a short probably of time. by the time I got it out, I bet it was more like five. I'm just amazed Tressa. that it. It was probably closer to you ten. Think? By the time you got it out, <laughs> yes. I feel like I sat here that much longer. Well, anyway, I think it was too long. Yeah, because I think it's too bitter, and um, see, I can't tell. I don't know if it's the mint or if it's if it's bitterness that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Or both. Yeah. Because I, I like peppermint tea, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I I would think I'd like spearmint okay. Yeah. So maybe we I need to try know. this tea again, but actually do three minutes. Yeah. And then take it out and then review it. And then you'll know if it's uh-huh. the bitterness or the spearmint that I you I was don't actually like. thinking, too, I'd like to try it properly seeped. Steeped? Seeped. Steeped. <laughs> Which word? Steeped. Thank you. Seeped. <laughs> Properly seeped out okay. of my mug. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'd like to try it properly properly steeped <laughs> and with some milk. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be good with milk. Lavender, vanilla, a little bit of mint. I think it'd be nice. So I'm so, willing to give it another try. <laughs> you didn't feel like one of Jane Austen's heroines as you sipped this delicate looking blend that houses surprising strength? With an undertone of vanilla. I would say it definitely. Warm lavender and cooling mint. It definitely has a surprising strength. I would agree with oh, that. Oh, accentuate. What? I saw the. <laughs> when, when I saw this word and I was like, I don't know that word. So I just skipped it when I was reading it. It's because <laughs> they didn't put a space. It's accentuated by, but it's all together. So I was like, I don't know that word. Miss an Brent. undertone of vanilla. Warm lavender. <laughs> but it's actually an undertone of vanilla is accentuated by warm lavender oh. and cooling mint. So vanilla is not even the main flavor. I guess not. Okay. So rating. Um, Out of 10. Rating. uh, Oh, this is probably going to be Tress's lowest one yet. Dun, dun, dun. Four out of 10. Really? I might like it with milk better. Oh, my God. Taylor just took a sip and her face is, she is unhappy. It is ice cold ice cold ice mine cold. is not ice cold that is an exaggeration ice cold. <laughs> um i don't know i don't feel like mine tastes bitter but it's probably because i have a bigger mug and i yes. have more water yeah and you yeah i'm so. sure that's it and i feel like we had almost the same amount of loose leaf that you put in mm-hmm. i probably put a little bit more in mine because i had the bigger mug right but yeah. Um. Huh. So my rating would be well. This is kind of an interesting fact. My stepmom just texted me. Oh, the one you got the tea from? Yeah. <laughs> nice. My only stepmom. Oh. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Your dad could have been married to other people. <laughs> I don't know. My mom. <laughs> That's it. Anyway. Um. She said. The British book she's reading says only the Scottish call scones scones. Isn't that interesting? Cool. Just felt like it fit in. Okay. 
so it won't sound weird when I finally visit England and I say scone. They're not going to be look look at me like I'm insane. No. Cool. How did you think they said? Did you think they said scone? Yeah, I guess so. They I never really thought about it. I guess with an accent. <laughs> Do it. I can't. <laughs> I have to hear it. Yeah, I understand that. Mm-hmm. And then I try and repeat you watch it. a bunch of like Doctor Who, and then I can do a pretty decent accent. Not with what we're gonna be watching because he's Scottish, <laughs> so he would say scone. <laughs> um, my rating for this tea would probably be, I don't know, I didn't really like it very much. So, yeah, it's just, I mean, I didn't. It's not my least favorite tea. I don't like that it's cold now. I would maybe give it a five out of ten. Okay. I want to up my rating. I'd like to try it again differently. You well, know? we can't. I mean, I still have more. And then I might change my rating, but right now it's a 4 out of 10. Gosh, maybe a 3. I don't know. We'll try and remember that the next time we do it. See if our ratings change. <sighs> okay. Sounds like a plan. All right. This has been We Are Not Amused. Thanks for listening. About skiffle music. About skiffle music. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you learned something. I yep. already said that. We did. Yeah. This, this topic, this has been the most stressful topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like very upset last night when I still didn't have like anything. I feel like you had a ton to talk it about. That lecture. Mm-hmm. That lecture Thanks, saved me. Billy Bragg. Yeah. Is it Braggs or Bragg? I think it's Bragg, but I said Braggs all throughout this. So. Okay. Well, Thanks. Shout out to that guy. Yep. He knows what's up. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can email us at notamusedpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Not Amused Podcast. <laughs> it's the same thing. For updates about when we're gonna post new episodes, little sneak peeks at episodes coming up. That's right. We do those. Yep. See you and guess what we're gonna talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks. Rate, review, subscribe. Yay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> on the rock on the line, it's a mighty good road. On the rock on the line, it's a road to ride. On the rock on the line, it's a mighty good road. If you want to ride, you got to ride it like you're trying to get your ticket at the station on the rock on the line.